You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Texans beat the Jags 20-3 and become the second team in NFL history to win their division after starting off a season 0-3. They finished the year 11-5 and AFC South champs. It's the Texans' third division title under Bill O'Brien and their fifth division title this decade, five in the last eight years. We're going to break this one down in a matter of seconds, and that might not all be positive. I'm just going to warn you because there is issues with this game. There are issues, but uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land, also of the Houston Sports Talk podcast with you, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson. As usual, he runs and contributes to Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. We've been doing sports for over three decades between the two of us. And thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, I, I don't know if I've ever been more pissed off at a coach after his team won a game and won the division championship. Do uh, You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're putting Deshaun Watson on a firing squad. I mean, this is just awful. I, I looked at it myself, and especially, you know, when we're going into the final minutes of the game, he's still got his starters out there. Go on and pull them. You've got a 20-3 and three lead. Just go on and just get your starters uh, out of there. We've, You know, this team has got a playoff challenge to come up with. Could be the Colts, could be the Titans. It's going to likely be one of those two as things play out this afternoon. But, uh, you know, that's what made me furious uh, in regard to his management of the players because you want to have as much health as you possibly can. Yeah, it, it was the whole game with Deshaun. It wasn't just the, the the end of the game, but the end of the game is that that's unpardonable what he did at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. uh, the only thing more that he could have done to Deshaun Watson is blindfold him and stick the Jags all around him in a circle and let him start throwing punches at his at his stomach and his legs and everything. I, I, it was unbelievable to me uh, what, what little regard he held for Deshaun Watson in this game. And look, you want to win this game. You want home field advantage. You want the division title. I get all of that. You want to do everything you can to try to win that game. And, and Deshaun Watson... Uh, running with the football, I get it. Sometimes, sometimes that's the only way you're going to have a chance to get the ball up and down the field. There's nobody at wide receiver outside of DeAndre Hopkins with any sort of experience. You had two receivers out there that had total, totaled maybe two catches, I think, in their entire career or something like that. But the the issue, Brian, is that you know once you get that game, once you're up by a score or two and you're going up against Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, this offense is terrible. They threw up that stat that, you know, they had, throw, they had scored two touchdowns in the last 49 drives or something like that. The Texans defense was dominant. It was three and out every single drive. They weren't going to score unless it was some sort of freak play. I mean, it, it just, I mean, I don't even, I don't get it. And And, and once you go up, by 20 to three, three, you're up three scores with nine minutes left to go in the game. You don't even, I don't even know if you bring Deshaun back out on the field, but if you do, he's not running the football. He's not throwing the football and they were still doing it. He was still getting hit left and right. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's inexcusable. And plus, uh, you know, you just want to just do handoffs. You know, you don't even want to put Lamar Miller in there, put Alfred Blue in there. Hell, put Deontay Foreman in there. You just need to burn off that clock. Let's get out of this no, game Deontay with some Deontay Foreman for this one, though. He's Oh, he was inactive. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, My that, apologies. That, that's going to be a thing because we, we got to talk about that because, I mean, Deontay yeah. Foreman came back and he, he basically – he was not good. I mean, yeah, he caught a wide open touchdown, but his blocking was no good. He he was like stumbling, just making a cut. I mean, it, it, you just weren't getting anything for from him. But guy, I mean, O'Brien, I big problem with that. And then, boy, I tell you what, Brian, I am so sick and tired of these running backs and tight ends whiffing on blocks and getting Deshaun just smashed in the face left and right. You know, look, Julian Davenport, he's been bad. I I looked at pro football focus, 35th out of every tackle in the NFL, his pro football focus numbers this season of of the tackles that had snapped at at least, you know, half the time. So yeah, Davenport's been bad. It seems like he's stumbling towards the end of the season. Uh, Zach Fulton might not be 100%. Calamete might not be 100%. They're not that great to begin with, but... Jeez, can can Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue and Ryan Griffin and Jordan Akins and Jordan Thomas, can you at least touch your guy on the way to the quarterback? Can you at least t- like touch football the guy one one time? You know, that's all we ask about these guys. And, you know, I wanted to bring up a particular play that that where J- Deshaun Watson got craved. I was afraid he was going to not be able to get up. Um, he was he was creamed by uh, I think it was Jonathan Nague and another guy. Uh, he went right. They went right into him and he gets up and his pads are like all over the place. It looked like his pads had like reversed. And, you know, he got up just fine and he was able to go out and do battle. But my goodness, uh, you know, do, do you want to make have a success in the playoffs? Do you want to win this game? Do you, do you want to have the best possible chance to win? Well, don't put your quarterback in harm's way like that. And another thing I wanted to talk about, too, is the penalties for Jacksonville, the most penalized team in the NFL, you know, eight penalties for 68 yards. That's what really helped the team, you know, in addition to Blake Bortles' ineptitude. Um, it's all about those penalties, especially that one uh, where, you know, the the guy that we just signed, uh, the wide receiver, Stephen Mitchell, off the street, he was able to jar, uh, draw a 27-yard penalty. And then the unnecessary roughness penalty later in the game where you remember Cammy Fembrayer hits, you know, kicks a field goal, but then all of a sudden unnecessary roughness is called and uh, the, the Texans get the ball back and they're able to uh, score. And that was off a of Deshaun Watson uh, miracle play. I mean, with the amount of yards that he had today, um, and I, I saw you tweet earlier, you, you, he has more more running yards on the ground than Alfred Blue this season. I mean, that, that goes to show how much of a dynamic uh, player this guy, how much he changed just his team whatever he is under center yeah uh there's some good stuff we can talk about for sure and we're going to get there some some fantastic stats that uh some of the great texans the blue star i would say call, i'd call them the blue star guys uh did for the texans this season i mean some numbers that they put up that are historic but uh and we got to get to some other good stuff but first uh just want to remind you the texans were favored by seven points over the jags if you if you think you can make some money off the playoff games next weekend. Go to mybookie.ag. If you bet on the Texans, you know, with the seven points, uh, you would have won. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use. 
Uh, we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to check out my bookie. They've got in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., you know this story. Just deposit. Do it later in the day. Uh, do it, you know, at night. And they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now. My bookie matches your deposit dollar for docker dollar. What a deal. And use the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's the promo code LOCKEDON25. That activates the offer. Again, wait till after 6 p.m. You get the extra $25 free play by using our exclusive promo code. You can only hear it right here on Lockdown Texans. Go ahead. Wait till after dark. Take the extra money. Because my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Brian, just some some notes in this game. First of all, uh, DeAndre Hopkins keeps doing it over and over again. But he had his first drop of the season. I almost fainted at home when I was watching this one. He was stripped <laughs> by Jalen Ramsey on that first drive, if you remember that. But uh, you know, DeAndre, it, it, the offense right now, Brian, it's DeAndre and Deshaun. That's it. They're, that's your offense. You know, also another important note that that he had his 12 receptions are the most in his career. He has never had 12 receptions uh, in a game, and that's how much of a battle that he was winning with Jalen Ramsey. Um, even though that this game had a lot of meaning to it, it was just great to see those guys, uh, you know, do battle. And what looked like was going to be an interception on a deep throw to Deshaun Watson. This was in the second half. You know, it, it, it turned out that, you know, we still had the ball. And we were able to, to get things moving on that drive. Uh, I don't think it turned out to be a score. But it just goes to show that this is going to be a battle for years to come. Uh, two talented, uh, you know, football players. And uh, just just really looking forward to, to seeing more. Don't forget that that catch that he made off the deflection, which – it could have been a yes. disaster in the red zone. And some, you know, he made it look easy, but it was deflected twice. I think it got deflected at the line of scrimmage and then uh, goes right through to the defensive back's hands and, and right into DeAndre Hopkins' hands. I don't know who else makes that. I mean, there's other guys, I'm sure, but it, it was a just an incredible catch. And, you know, just a couple more notes that I had, I'm going to throw out at, at you and um, just stop me if, if you want to mention them. But, um, Zach Cunningham, beautiful job recovering the fumble and staying inbounds on the fumbled punt. Uh, Steven Mitchell uh, drew that big pass interference on on the uh, first Texans TD. So that was that was something that Steven Mitchell could contribute in his first game with the Texans. Fantastic tackling all day by Sharice Wright, who got the start with J. Joe being inactive. So tip of the cap to him, Angelo Blackson and Carlos Watkins. Uh, those guys showed up and showed up in a big way in this game, Brian. I mean, we haven't mentioned their name much this season, especially not Carlos Watkins, but those two guys were huge. Yeah, and it was just the whole linebacking core of this game uh, with, with Bernard McKinney. I think ever, ever since he got that Pro Bowl nod, uh, he has taken himself up to another level. Um, you know, going to Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless had a nice play off of Blake Bortles uh, in this game as well. I mean, it's, he's not the Whitney Moses that we all come to know where he dominates on every play, but he seems to try to make the most of it, you know, whatever his opportunity comes up, when his number is called to make uh, his mark uh, as well. So uh, I, I'd have to say it's a great job by the, the linebacking court. Zach Cunningham had a lot of good heads-up plays, uh, prevented a lot of, uh, you know, big chunks of yardage from happening 
And uh, I'm just really thrilled with the the way that, you know, he played. And- the, the tackling was just good all the way around this game. And I mean, yeah. there, there, there were some games recently where I felt like the tackling uh, lacked something, but, and, and that get, well, that gets to, uh, 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 maybe not a major concern, but yeah, a slight concern. I mean, JJ Watt, uh, really good game. I mean, the Jags, their their offensive line is, is looked like it's in shambles. We talked about that earlier this week with the the locked on Jags guys, our, our friends uh, over there. But uh, look at look at this, uh, JJ Watt. Uh, you know his tackling issues in recent weeks uh, are a concern because he's got the brace on one arm. He adds another brace on an arm at halftime. And on Pro Football Focus, his tackling grade was 34 and 27 the last two weeks. The two weeks prior to this, the Eagles and the Jets, five times in the last 11 weeks, he's graded out at less than 43 on tackling. And, and, it, and it's this injury, you know, Brian. I mean, this is this is what I'm worried about with J.J. come the playoffs uh, because those are some plays that, you know, he we're, we're used to, so used to him making, you know, those plays where he's able to grab a guy and rip him down with his just incredible strength and and. That's something that I'm concerned about because right now it's J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. And, you know, on the defensive side, it's Deshaun and DeAndre on the offensive side. But those are the guys that you're relying on to make big plays. I mean, J.J. Watt, it it is a concern at this point a little bit with me. And, and, you know, yeah, he was able to do some stuff in this game, but it's the Jags. And the Jags, they've got issues and they're a team that wasn't playing for anything. So I don't know. What, What do you think about that? Is that fair? It is a fair argument uh, for the most part, and that you, you do have to worry about him going down the line. But the man uh, just got to 16 sacks in one season, considering how far he's come from that injury and able to get to that point this season. He certainly has put himself in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. He will not win it. Uh, Aaron Donald is going to win it, but he is going to be in the conversation uh, for that. Right. But yeah. on the other side of this – Blake Bortles, this is his game. This was his case to make because this guy is going to be traded, uh, the, you know, in the offseason. Uh, he, he ain't going to be traded. Nobody's going to trade for him. He's he's, <laughs> he's released, brother. He, we've seen his last game. And RIP to you, Blake Bortles, because Texans fans are going to miss your level of suckitude as a quarterback. I mean, it's, you know, he was – inaccurate he was missing guys yeah his receivers aren't any good the offensive line is what it is but Blake Bortles is just he he doesn't he doesn't do much for you as as, at quarterback and I mean geez this game his totals I believe four for 15 uh oh no I'm sorry it's four it seems like it was four for 50 he was 15 for 28 for 107 yards with a 47.8 rating and the four yeah four carries for 15 yards was that number, but yeah, 15 for 28 and, and, and he stinks and I'm going to miss him. And hopefully they can find another quarterback. That's just as horrible as he is, Brian. Yes, I, I, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the big picture of how ineffective he was. It was going into the, almost into the halftime point where they only had two first downs, two. I, I was just, <laughs> well, they had six for the game. That was it. Six, six. for the game. That's right. And, the, and then four of those were passing uh, first downs too uh, for rushing. And, uh, yeah, and that's the good thing about the linebackers today. They did not let get, a lot past him. And I was wondering about TJ Yeldon. He's sitting there with his helmet off. You know, he could be out there. He's he's a talented running back. They were just running Carlos Hyde, you know, until he couldn't run anymore. Yeah, Hyde, Hyde, was, Hyde was quitting out there if you saw that on that yeah, one throw. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you talk about how bad their offense is. I mean, I, I chart the possessions out for each team, and th- these are the defensive possessions by the Jags. It was three and out. Then they get three. Then they get the three and out. I, I think it might have been three and out, and then they punted, and then th- there was the fumbled punt, and then they couldn't get a first down. So that was the three and out. Then there was a three and out. Then there was another three and out. Then there was one first down and punt. Then there was a three and out. Then the half ends. I don't, I don't even know if they got a first down before the half ended. Then it was a three and out, one first down and punt, three and out, three. I mean, that was the game. It was like, it was three and outs and and maybe every blue moon they'd get a first down on one of the possessions. But yeah, it was pretty pathetic. And Brian, I want to get to some of the the cool stats because there's some really great stats on Deshaun. I don't want to talk too much about about Blake Bortles other than uh, we will miss him. But uh, I wanted, I do want to talk about um, some of the stuff that Deshaun accomplished and JJ and DeAndre in a second. But just a reminder to everyone out there, if you love our show and you're in that Christmas holiday spirit, and you're like, I've got nothing. I don't have any more money to give anybody. I can't give anybody any more presents. But you can, you can just show us some love by telling your friends, sending out a word of mouth. That, that's what we need from you guys. Maybe write us a nice review. That costs you nothing. Uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show, we'd appreciate it. You can email us to LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. We we desperately need your help to get the word out so we can get more people to listen. I know you're sick and tired of us saying it if you're a regular listener, but uh, it's just a great way to to keep us around because uh, you know I, we want more people to be listening to us, and the more people that are listening, the more uh, incentivizes us to keep us around. So, uh, again, LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. We definitely want you to be a part of the conversation here. All right, Brian, uh, Deshaun Watson, the stat that just, uh, you know, just should blow you away if you're a Texans fan. Uh, he manages to stay upright long enough to become the first quarterback to throw for at least 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, at least 4,025 touchdowns, and rush for 500 yards and five touchdowns in a single season in NFL history. That is ridiculous from a guy that's only in his second year and not even a second full year. He only played, what, six, seven games last year. So Deshaun Watson, I mean, just, again, uh, an incredible season by him. And to to do what he did after, you know, the slow start and to come, come back off the ACL injury, his second one uh, since high school, is is pretty remarkable. And, and to my recollection, this should be his 23rd start of his career. So uh, you know, with each start, he, he seems to get better and better. Now, there are some you know, situations where we think that he's regressing, you know, whenever he, he takes the sacks. I mean, he, he was, uh, I think, the fifth most in history. They put a stat, up, stat up on the uh, telecast 62 times this season he was uh, sacked. So, you know, that goes to show that uh you know that's that's the offensive line uh, right there and then some of it is you know his decision making i think that that's going to be overcome as time passes uh you know in his you know career in the nfl my favorite play one of my favorite plays that he he had that really stood out to me was you were talking about that same drive you know with carlos high but later you know when the texans get the ball back he fakes it's a play action fake gains 12 yards gets the first down and slides how much have we talked about this season that he needs to slide to to be able to protect his body and to ensure he doesn't get hurt to you know because that is just as much of 
not helping your team as much as you are trying to help your team, trying to make that uh, big play. And then Doug Marone says, you know, I know what we need to do. We know that they're going to run, but what were you doing to try to stop it? So, you know, as long as Deshaun Watson was having a day, you know, out, you know, with his running, you know, we're, we're going to continue to keep running and running and running the football until you know, they would try to figure out a way to stop it. And they never did figure them out. Right, right. And and you mentioned it. Uh, the bad news is he became the first quarterback to be sacked at least 60 times uh, since yeah. 2006. And he was sacked the fifth most times in NFL history. Right. Uh, David Carr outdid him twice, though, 68 sacks and 76 sacks in uh, the early 2000s for the Texans. But uh, yeah, that, that was the bad news. Uh, just J.J. Watt, you know, he's hurt. Uh, he's not, you know, 100 percent. You know, maybe he's not the guy that we saw a few years ago, but still. J.J. Watt and Reggie White are now the only players in NFL history with four or more seasons with at least 15 sacks. So he adds another notch to his belt and he, you know, Reggie White's got five seasons. So if JJ Watt can do that one more time, can get at least 15 sacks next year, he becomes along with Reggie White, the only guy to do that in NFL history period. And then uh, Deandre Hopkins, you know, we mentioned him earlier. I said, I got a number for you. He became the NFL receiver with the most catches in his first six seasons no other receiver in nfl history has as many catches as deandre hopkins in his first six seasons and another time that i almost thought i was going to faint brian is deandre actually came out of the game <laughs> when the game was still you know the sean was still out there i was like oh deandre is coming out to get a rest but god he deserved to get a rest and you know should have been honestly out of the game at the end of the game like you said earlier in the show but yeah, it's good. It's good stuff from those guys. I mean, just the the extraordinary stuff that they're putting up, and it's just a privilege. It's you know, I I, I say this, uh, I say this every now and then, but it, it is a absolute privilege to get a, to get to watch Hopkins and Watson and Watt. I mean, it, they are so special, and you just have to savor that as a Texans fan because they're doing stuff that we've never seen before in history. Totally agree with you, and that's a great point, Rob. But let's forward level think here with, with what the Texans plan to do next year. We're going into the playoffs. There, there's no doubt about that. But you look at Lamar Miller, how effective he was. We've got one more year of Lamar Miller, and you know he's making five and a half million base. Are we talking about next year or next week? We need to talk about next week, man. That's what matters. I, I know I'm, I'm concerned about the playoffs, but what are we with Deontay Foreman coming back the way he did? Do you think that we we, we should just want to invest in a running back early in the draft? Oh yeah, that that's gonna ha- they're gonna have to get some running backs, and I mean. Like I said, I, I just I'm so exhausted and tired of yelling at my screen for running backs that not only aren't going to get you big plays most of the time, and, and I'm mostly talking about Alfred Blue, and, and he's ha- he gets his moments, but still, he just he he's such a terrible blocker. Uh, he's not anything special. Other, he's not anything special. In, in, any part of his game is not extraordinary, and, and they obviously have no confidence in him in, in him in short yardage. He should be the short yards back between him and Lamar Miller for sure, but they they show n- literally no confidence in him. And you know, I, I I take that as like they don't think he can do it. And they've seen a lot of him in practice and in game situations. They just don't think he's good in short yardage. But yeah, they they got to get a running back. But 
you know, I don't, I don't know what they do next week. I mean, I, I'm, I'm super concerned because um, it's, it's the Deshaun and DeAndre show right now. I mean, Vincent Smith, he did make a nice sideline catch. He also dropped one that hit him right square in the hands. I think he might have turned his head a little bit, trying to think about what he was going to do when he got the ball. Was hoping to run it in for a touchdown, but you know, Vincent Smith, uh, and uh, you you don't have anything much. I mean, DeAndre Carter, he made a couple of catches, but uh, it, it's an issue. I mean, I I, I wasn't there. Um, from what I understand, there there were some times though, Brian, where Deshaun had open guys and he just he didn't see them. He didn't do it quickly enough, and you know maybe that's just something where he's going to have to get familiar with some of these guys and and know what he can trust them with when they you know he 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 told the the broadcast team the TV broadcast team that he he trusts everybody that's on the field but you can't say you trust anybody like you trust DeAndre Hopkins and how can you trust a couple of guys that you know you're you're literally literally you know you've never hardly played a, a down with them in a regular season game you know you you just played like a, a one one week with them now total going into the playoffs and just want to say that DeAndre Carter has, you know, I keep saying it show after show, but uh, he, he has been a terrific pickup this season. You could put him anywhere and uh, he's able to excel. Uh, he was able to get uh, some nice chunks of yardage for uh, the Texas. Vincent Smith had that. He had a, a, a perfect pass set up for him. He dropped it. I mean, that's going to happen. You're you're an undrafted rookie. You know, I, I'm going to take a mulligan on that one. But, you know, this is the NFL. You know, you got to go out there and uh, make those catches. But I want to ask you this, Rob. You know, we just, you know, you know, pimped up our, our, our partner, my bookie. But what are the odds that you think that Kiki Cutie is going to be ready for the playoff game? <laughs> oh, 50-50? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How many times have I had to yeah. tweet out uh, before the games that Kiki Cutie – is inactive again. Uh, I, you know, if he's not inactive for the first week of the playoffs, then, you know, it, it just seems like this whole thing was a big show. I, I don't, maybe they wanted teams to think that they, they might have to prepare for Kiki. I don't know what the point of the whole thing was if he doesn't play in the playoffs. And this guy, to me, I don't trust that his hamstrings will ever be healthy because, you know, if you get hurt hamstrings and it takes you two months or three months you know, and and he's had him hurt. You know, the, he's had different ones hurt, but he's also had, I think, the one of the hamstrings has been hurt a couple of different times. You know, at some point, you just go, uh, let's throw the white flag in. Maybe this guy, he's he's Alan Bonner, he's Bruce Ellington. You're you're, uh. just, you're just never gonna see him on the field on a regular basis. I I don't know. Uh, you know the the thing that. Uh, I look at with this is, I mean, you and I are recording this and we haven't seen the, we're, we're recording this right after the game. So we're, we're not knowing if it's going to be the Titans or the Colts. We have to have our fingers crossed in a big way that it's the Titans because uh, with Andrew Luck going up against the, the Texans secondary, that's a scary, scary prospect. And, and they're going to be able to put some points on the board. The Titans, you might be able to shut down. Uh, I believe Blaine Gavbert is going to be playing this last game for them. So who knows how healthy Mariota is going to be when the playoffs roll around. But I mean, if you look at uh, the uh, Texans going up against uh, the Colts, I mean, it's a scary prospect because they got to figure out a way to score some points and they got to stop T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. 
right now the personnel is yeah, yeah it's just it's not good it's not good player personnel to to do those things and uh, you know they 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 got a great run with injuries in the middle of the year but the injuries have sort of you know it, it's hurt later in the year i mean i assume J- jonathan joseph is going to be back and hopefully you know he's going to be in pretty decent shape but he he doesn't stop ty hilton and you know it's interesting sharice wright was playing over Aaron Colvin. They just don't trust Aaron Colvin to, to, to cover guys on the outside, which means that, you know, I guess it's Sharice Wright or Jonathan Joseph that's covering T.Y. Hilton. And look, Justin Reed looked great for most of the season, but he's sort of limping towards the finish. I mean, he nearly tripped over himself or did trip over himself and got lucky because the receiver uh, just the, well, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles missed the receiver. That was the big problem on that yeah. deep route. But you know, that, that, there's so many things that, you know, just scare the hell out of me. And, and I don't expect him to go to the Super Bowl, but would, you'd like him to get the experience of like, okay, we can win one playoff game. Let's get it. Let, let's at least take a shot at winning that one playoff game. And hopefully, you know, we can play playoff game number two the next week. And it might be going up and, and taking a, you know, a big punch to the stomach from the Patriots again. But you, you want to at least get a couple of playoff games under Deshaun's belt. Right, 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 right. And just looking at Justin Reed, just the way he played today, the only play that I have in my notes that that he even stood out was in the third quarter where he had a nice tackle on D.D. Westbrook. Um, Blake Bortles was tack- was uh, targeting him quite a bit, and uh, but but other than that, outside of Justin Reed, you know, other you know, all of his other inadequacies, I, I didn't see really much out of him. And uh, you, you wonder who who you're going to put out there. You know, when, you know, as as the playoffs start, you know, who you, you hope it's the Titans, like you said, because, you know, we, we match up better with them and we have more of a, a dominant advantage uh, over them uh, as well. So uh, with this game, you know, just with the way it went, they got the job done. They were able to go out and win. But what I wanted to ask you about is because this this play sort of kind of baffled me. It was at the very beginning. DeAndre Carter is, you know, receiving the ball. He's getting ready to return uh, the football, but he catches it. Mike Tyson pushes the, the defender, pops out. Again, the, the call was originally yeah, that, you know, the Texans would have the ball, but we lost it because I, you know, the guys thought that it was a block in the back. Uh, and that's, and that was a reason as to why. Did you, did you have any thoughts on that? Do you think the ref was right? Skeletor did explain the situation. He agreed that the call should be overturned, but Marone won the challenge. Right, uh, right. And, and here's my thought on it. I, I felt like the, in the end, they got it right, which is an unusual thing that I say in the NFL these days. But yeah, you look through the play, they got it right. I, I don't feel like the Texans uh, really screwed anything up that bad. It was just a, a whole bad set of circumstances. I mean, you can blame Mike Tyson if you want to for for blocking the guy in the back. He's trying, you know, he's desperately trying to block the guy before he gets to uh, DeAndre. But I mean. I, you know, that that's nitpicking and, you know, yeah, I, I was fine with the ref's call there. I mean, that to me, that was maybe the only play in the whole game that I found a little bit uh, even coming close to, you know, could have could have gone either way and maybe it went bad for the Texans. Um, there was that even on the long throw by DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it was interesting because um that play, he looked like he didn't catch the, didn't get both feet inbounds. The great play that he made on the sideline, but you know, 
at that point, I think the Jags were just ready to go home. But anyway, who who are your game balls, Brian? Any surprises for you? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins or Deshaun Watson, I guess, on offense. That's the only real choice. It's JJ on defense, I would think. The game ball for uh, for for the defense, you know, I would think it's pretty close between uh, him and Bernard McKinney, who was everywhere, uh, you know, for this game, just seeming to always be able to make a play. But no one dominated better than uh, JJ Watt with two hurt arms. 16 sacks on the season with the history that he was able to make along with Reggie White, one of my favorite players of all time. He gets a defensive game ball and offensive. Uh, I'm going to go in and give it to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, uh, Deshaun made it happen with his legs, but again, getting 12 catches in a game is not an easy feat. He was, he got 12.3 yards per catch, a 43-yard catch, by the way. I didn't even mention that. Uh, it, it was it was beautifully orchestrated, and um, I'm, I'm just really, really thrilled and privileged to, to ensure that this guy is on our team. So game balls go to DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt for this game. Yeah, uh, J.J. for me, I'm going to go with Deshaun. Uh, you're right, though, 12 catches, 147 yards. Just another day at the office for DeAndre Hopkins. I give it to Deshaun because not only was he 25 of 35 for 234 yards, but he also had – uh, 13 carries for 66 yards. So he was doing just everything, he just kind of carrying the offense. I mean, he was responsible for just about everything. Lamar Miller, just 17 carries for 56 yards, just a little over three yards a carry. Alfred Blue, three carries for 12 yards, averaging four yards a carry. So it was the Deshaun Watson show. But we're going to talk more about this matchup, whatever matchup it is. We don't know yet, but we're going to talk about that as the week continues. Hopefully we will have a crossover, uh, somebody uh, to talk with us, a little inside information on the Texans in the playoff, this playoff game next weekend. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, We're going to have some fun shows over the next week. We do this daily. If you're just joining us, this is the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. You can get more of our content on LockdownTexans.com. Our writers over there are doing a tremendous job. Brian, you can look for his stuff on houseofhouston.com. He writes over there Texans and Astros and Rockets, so all of the above. And then check out my Houston Sports Talk podcast, which I do uh, usually every week. We had a week off with the holidays, but usually every week with my partner over there, RG Seal. That's all we got for this one. It's a happy final. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing to think that the Texans came from 0-3 to winning the AFC South. They win this one 20 to 3 and, you know, five division championships in 8 years. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. I know there's a lot of hate for uh, Bill O'Brien or the Texans organization. There's people out there that uh, get frustrated and I get it, but that is a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again really soon. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.